We're live! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Chris, joined by my brothers, Adam and Eric, and we are in a digital room, back in the room, to talk more about video games. Um, first of all, how's everyone getting on in isolation? It's it's a lot. Yeah, it's okay, actually. The game, like, alien isolation. Fucking scary. <laughs> I don't like it, man. Um, no. But it has given so, me a lot more time to catch up on, like, my video games? back, my backlog. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been playing a lot more games than, and getting through games a lot quicker than I would have been uh, originally. Um, and some games where I thought, oh, that'll do me for the next like month. Um, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> like getting through games really quickly. There's nothing um, more healthy for the gaming soul than isolation. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded beautiful. That's kind of like poetry. So it's just, uh, a, um, just to clarify, if there is any kind of hiccups tech-wise in this, it's just because oh, yeah. due to the situation, we do have to do this remotely over Skype. Um, yeah. So we're bound to yeah. get some sort of dropouts or audio cut now it's just the nature of the game but we'll do our best yeah 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 so the sound might be slightly different and the energy might be slightly different um because we we used to like record in bulk and so we had a few episodes uh done before the lockdown and they've all been coming out but this is actually the first one we've been doing since the lockdown um on our new topics so as a result we um we're not actually in the same room no we are back in the room so uh, to celebrate the kind of recent uh, launch of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which uh, was one of our more highly anticipated games this year, and we've all been playing it, and we won't get into that, but to celebrate it, uh, we're going to go back quite a bit to give our take and to discuss the original, the PS1 1997 classic JRPG Final Fantasy VII. Um, it gives me great pleasure to talk about this game because it is my absolute favorite game of all time. Um, and so I have loads to say about it. <laughs> but I don't think I'd do too. And, and I'm, um, I'm here to listen. <laughs> we're just going to listen to what you have to say, Chris. But uh, just before we get into it, I suppose it's important um, to say for a certain portion of this, so we did this as well on The Last of Us, and I think we might have done it for a couple of other games, depending on what they are. For a certain portion of this, we are going to discuss it spoiler-free, okay? So that's just sort of, what I mean by that is like the general, your general take on the game, maybe mm-hmm. just like the gameplay mechanics, that kind of stuff. Uh, the music, like you're not spoiling plot details. Um, and then we'll get to a point, because we really want to be able to discuss it without like holding ourselves back. Um, we will get to a point where we will say, okay, spoilers from now on, so that we can go into more detail into, because the I, I feel personally the um, the beating heart of this game is its story, its narrative. Mm-hmm. And so to not talk about that stuff is kind of to do a disservice to actually talk about it at all. Um, the reason I say we will alarm you about spoilers is because this is an old game and a lot of people have played it and a lot of people are very familiar with it, but some people may not have. Um, and even if they don't care about this original game, they might be excited about this remake series. And so the stuff that we're going to be talking about might actually spoil the remake. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the games to come. Like, we, obviously, 
the first part of the remake is only Midgar, but there's a lot more to come. So um, we will give a warning when we're going into spoilers, just in case someone doesn't want to hear that stuff. Um, but if you have played the original, then without further ado, let's mosey. <laughs> Um, first, let's just start with like general general impressions of the game. What do you think of the game? Like I've already said, it's my favorite. It's my favorite game, not just my favorite JRPG. It's my favorite game. Of it was all actually, time. the first um, RPG that we've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I remember getting it. Uh, it was a birthday present, I believe. That's right. And um, I remember throwing it in and and playing it. And it was just like why is this you know because it's the first game that i've ever played that's like turn based you know you select or whatever um i don't even think i played pokemon at that point either can't really remember because obviously it's very similar in terms of its mechanic like the combat well i was i actually always find it funny just before moving on um on that note because i remember i was like a big advocate for final fantasy 7 when in primary school and I was yeah. trying to, like, I was telling everyone, oh, you need to play this game. It's amazing, right? And everyone was basically, it's shit, man. You just stand there like, oh, choose your attack. What are you waiting yeah, yeah. for? Right? But they were all playing Pokemon. And I was, I was like, yeah, you it's, always, the same, you'd always, it's the same yeah. thing. And they were like, no, no, no. Pokemon's good, man. <laughs> it's like, they wouldn't give Final Fantasy so VII this, a chance. Yeah, but this day you, you get that kind of argument. It's like, you do, it's, yeah. it's yeah. like, oh, it's not much of a game because you just press... Uh, play button basically but it's like yeah but that's i mean the telltale games have that type of interaction you know um, yeah, yeah but yeah it come, in terms of its mechanics like it's i mean pokemon is exactly the same it's all elemental damage yeah basically. pretty much yeah yeah um nah, man it's different like but i remember like because that was the first of that type of game i've ever played i had a clue <laughs> just like all i know is just just hit attack and that's all it's you like, do. It took a very long time so to it, equip a potion. It took it took ages to do anything <laughs> in that game because I just did not know how it worked. Yeah, and because yeah. the original doesn't tell you really how to. No, it, it, only, uh, ah, it does. No, it it actually it actually does. The whole game tells you exactly how to play it. But do you think like it does? Okay, think it little me is say, going to read. <laughs> yeah, like it, the game does not say here's how to equip a potion, but like you have a drop down menu and your options are like attack and then below it uh you know magic and then below it like items oh yeah so i know that but it's like, like they... if you don't scroll down like okay so it doesn't tell you to equip an item but like you should try <laughs> you should try have a look at your items yeah well i, I, know, I, but I think like... as well as that because i mean the game uh it is is it 15s i believe no it's like seven plus seven plus which will be seven plus the original t- game and we will address and we will address that <laughs> Because it? it should not be. Which is why, like, so many kids got bought that game. Uh, seven plus, right? I reckon back in the day, uh, people who used to mark, like, decide the age rating on these yeah. things, they definitely didn't play it. They definitely just looked at the little polygons and went, "Yeah, it looks like it's for kids." Yeah, because I, I just thought that like the mechanics of it, because I definitely would have been, uh, probably 
nine, I'd say, when I first played it. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I found it pretty difficult to just get my head around how how the thing works. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the Scorpion Guard at the beginning, like unreal. I became very familiar with that fight because <laughs> I could never really get past it for yeah, for yeah. for years, like because I just did not know how to play this game. Um, so I was I was just kind of off playing other stuff, and I didn't really quite get the importance of that game. Like I had this game in my library, and I didn't realize in the greater world that you know everyone was freaking out about this game um, until I think we we moved house, we moved from the countryside into town. That's right. Uh, made friends with one of my long-term best friends now, um, and he kind of introduced me. They reintroduced me into the game and said, "You have to, you have to complete complete that game." He says it's the greatest game of all time. I was like, "Really?" So he <laughs> talked me through defeat the Scorpion Guard. So I was like, "Ah!" But he only told me how to do potions. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all you need, you know. You just you heal yourself. <laughs> to that point, that's all you need, fight right? Fight. <laughs> but then later on, there's other stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there are major strategy. mechanics. And, yeah. major mechanics that uh, I, I completely just did not have a clue about so until I got stuck at another point like equipping materia and... I mean the PlayStation 2 was out by the time I saw the end of that game <laughs> yeah 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 how about you Eric general impressions of the game <laughs> oh, it was great like it was great we keep in shape uh, I do think though right when when talking about the gameplay mechanics yeah yeah like it's fairly fairly simple if you just kind of start scrolling through stuff like um, and they do tell you how to equip material in the game. I do know they tell you that. They do, and if, they... you, if you bother read, because there's yeah, no voice yeah. acting in this. It's no. just all text box. Yeah, it's like um, a, it's kind of like an interactive book. Yes. In a way. Very much like those, you know those adventure books where they used to you used to like read them and you'd like roll a dice to yeah. decide the, your own attacks and the stuff. Lone, the like lone, the lone wolf, wolf and all those. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Or it's like, depending on the choice you made, turn the page, whatever. It's, it works kind of like one of those in a way in that you were interacting with the book and you're doing battles and stuff but like yeah. I think what's only... really 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 yeah. nice about Fallout 7 is that um it's such a like breath of fresh air I suppose in terms of it's a fantasy game it it's comes of the genre like D&D I mean D&D would be the reasons why these types of games exist yeah that's true yeah but it's cyberpunk you know it's yeah. it's based in like a kind of a a futuristic world almost with fantasy elements in it and it's so different than any other fantasy you'd ever play yeah was like so yeah let's talk about the setting the just the exactly what you just said like it's <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on <laughs> no but it it's but its setting lives up today like all like a lot of its different themes and problems that the setting sets up are things that we face today it's like well yeah. actually on the, on the yeah on the theme of it or at least the plot from the beginning right from the get-go the first thing you're set up with so and it's on the back of the case even like being this mercenary taking on this this company who are leading the planet of resources that is more relevant today yeah the game is actually like the game was like ahead of its time. It's more relevant today. It's in a similar way as like if you go back and play the Metal Gear Solid games, mm. they become like MGS2. I remember at the time just seemed like this aloof kind of crazy idea, and then 
like a few years later became incredibly relevant like <laughs> everyone like the, it's like the patriots is social media like we are <laughs> we are in the system now <laughs> yeah um, and in a similar way like final fantasy 7's plot has actually become even more relevant today um but which... even the idea that like shinra company owns the world which kind of is very much like today that companies have more power than governments well, it's certainly a, like a monopoly over government. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Sorry, sorry. In, um, was, there's like a minor character in the original game. Um, who's I was talking to Eric about it the other day. He's like the mayor of Midgar. Yeah. And he's in this little office. He's in this little office. But he like, you can miss. Well, you can't miss him. You actually you have to go talk to him. But you can miss the significance of that. In that he's he's actually the political figurehead. Of Midgar, which is the capital city of the world, for anyone who doesn't know, but he has no power. <laughs> like he is yeah. totally a puppet or like a figurehead, and the actual the Shinra Electric Power Company like rule the world, but they're just mm. a company. Like they're not like so like because I, I remember when I was younger, I used to get a little bit confused. I always thought like when I heard every time they talked about the president or they said President Shinra, I thought he was like a much like a like a US president like I thought he was like a government president mm-hmm. I kind of missed the fact that he's actually just like a CEO yeah yeah but he like runs the world and it's he's so interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a way kind of yeah <laughs> what I love about it is that um, like, the, like that, that so that section like the way it opens up is a company that's using up the world's resources it's killing the planet in order to give people I suppose electricity power all that kind of stuff yeah so you're wanting to bring this company down to try and save the planet essentially and how small how insignificant even though that's like a huge section of the game or at least to the towards the beginning of the game it's it's a huge section like that that plot is actually so insignificant to the rest of the like plot in the game Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the amount that's in this, like the, it's it's it rivals Final Fan or like a, it rivals uh, the Lord of the Rings in terms of the amount of content that's in it. Yeah, yeah and it just seems to get bigger and bigger as it goes. And like there's and, a whole world there to explore or something like this. Is so big. Yeah, and what I love as well is like because what you realize as the game goes on is that the the Midgar section of the original game is essentially a tutorial. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's essentially, an opportunity to um, get to know uh, how magic works, how battles work, how boss fights work, all that stuff, all the little mechanics you need to know before they open you out to this larger world, right? Unless you're me. Um, unless you're you, and it's the whole game for a few years. <laughs> and <laughs> but so it's a tut- it's essentially the tutorial of the game, but it's not. It's also like incredibly story driven and it's it sets up the story and there's a lot going on in it. And it's not just like so nothing in this game is done for the sake of just like so it's kind of like the gameplay is always serving the story and the story is also serving the gameplay. Like it's it's so well written. Yeah, I've and I've heard people complain about the writing of this game and I don't get it because I think it's a masterpiece in game writing like and I'll go into that more when we get into spoilers and yeah. stuff. But I just, I think it's so well told. Like, even, like, so your first fight, like, or the, the game opens with this beautiful 
very proud kind of opening like let's show you the city let's show you this mm. big map let's show you this music let's like give it like a movie production quality and then straight into a fight like straight into the action yeah. and slowly as the action's going you're finding out what you're doing like it's not one of those like there's a lot of fucking rpgs excuse the f-bomb that... <laughs> but there's a lot where your first mission will be something like oh, could you, like, help me get some items? And could you go kill the rats down in the sewers? Like, I've played a lot like that, where, like, it's it takes a long time to actually kick up. And this game kicks you into the action straight away. Uh, every I think every game needs to kind of follow. And a lot do. A lot do follow, but in Final Fantasy sense, where it start off with a big thing, and, yeah. then, and, then, and then give you the small stuff, but always have that big thing there in the background that you will be going back to. Yeah, yeah. Just, just because then it really kicks off the story and the interest if you start off with um, with a big event. Yeah, I think like, so. Thinking, even if we take Skyrim, for instance, because it starts off with the Stormcloaks and the Imperials and you know, Alduin comes along and it's a big event and then you go into the side quests. Yes, exactly. So, so like the, you set like the stakes first. Get the, yes. get the player invested and then let but, them explore but the but world. That's what I mean. I mean, even the stakes at the beginning, although incredibly high... <laughs> is so insignificant to what's actually <laughs> the, the, the threat. Yeah. And I right, that's yeah. what's really great about it, because as a player, you're kind of like, yeah, I totally get why I need to stop these guys. These guys seem really evil. What they're doing is horrendous. What they have been doing throughout the entire Midgar chapter is horrendous. And yet, after that, they're just, a, they're... I suppose, a ripple in the pond, I suppose. Like, they're... They're more like a thorn in your side rather yeah. than a. They become yeah 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 but they, and then as but I suppose they are the cause or they're the root of of the evil. overall plot really you yeah. know yeah like without them none of the rest of this would happen. Um, let's talk about the characters because that's what it, like we don't have to spoil anything but just in general like your your main cast of characters your main party because like every RPG usually has a. Well, tries to have an interesting cast of characters. Some of them do. Sure, some every them RPG should should have a good cast of characters. Yeah, that's that's the main aim that an RPG should have. So, well, what do we think about the, this party? Yeah, out of the like the handful of Final Fantasy games I've played, um, Cloud is definitely the most bearable because he is actually he's a really cool character. Um, yeah, but compared to some protagonists in Final Fantasy, I don't know what it is. That they they always have to have like these. They're so annoying. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, Titus yeah. is so annoying. Titus. Van is so annoying. Van is the most. Uh, supposedly, he's not the main character of that story. And, all right, but why the plays him? Fuck, did I have to play as him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why couldn't he just not be in it? Uh, yeah. yeah, he put me off playing that game. Actually, just terrible. Yeah. It, it, but it does. Like that's an important thing. Like if you if you don't like the protagonist you're playing as like a lot of people hate or gave MGS2 a lot of stink even though the game is amazing purely because they don't like writing like it's hard to play as a character you just don't like yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty pivotal to get your, your protagonist right first even before. like although I, I don't mind Nero there's the same with Devil May Cry uh, 4 where people are just like I just don't want to play as anyone that's not Dante yeah I mean, yeah, and that, that's a weird one because I I actually prefer Nero, but yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I know I suppose Dante is the the main character of the series, so 
Um, but yeah, Cloud is annoying. So. Cloud is awesome. You know, like the second it opens up, like he does this. I know it's all done at polygons, but when you're younger and you haven't seen much else, and you can your imagination. So he like does a front flip off the train, looks up like he does a hero's look kind of thing. You know, yeah. he's like so badass. He's straight into a fight. He's got this huge sword that you've never seen the likes of before, um, and and is at every point is just like you know I don't care and I'm too cool and and then later on you get more and more layers from the character that. You know, so he starts off as really yeah, cool. Yeah, like, I mean, you think you know him, but yeah, there's so much yeah. to him as well, which is great. And we'll, we we will get into that. Um, <laughs> when you think you know a guy like him, he just pulls out another card. What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. He's not a polygon. Um, what about the, the rest of the cast? Um, I mean, I, I mean the overall game there, just the, your main playable characters. Yeah, the guys you play as. I like all of the... I. The one I I never really liked <laughs> we have to that we much. have to address the cat in the room. <laughs> oh yeah, cat's it. Um, yeah, I, I, for Is some reason I what? No, it's not what I meant. Because I just for some reason I I just avoid that character altogether. You know what I mean? I've never ever ever actually played as him. Yeah. Except for that like one fight where you points have to where use they make it. you do it. Yeah. But apart from that, I never used the character, so therefore I don't really care and don't even count. He's like I don't even count him part of the. <laughs> the crew you know like even so many know, optional right? characters yeah. are more part of the crew than him it's so but strange the, that the one character to... that you do have to play as um and he, he's fine i i mean he, his backstory is is kind of cool but just overall he's just a little like barrett i just think he's a bit i don't know clown like in many okay. ways um i just think there could, there could be a lot more to i just think even yeah. in in like the compilation games or not games but the, like advent children even he's he's a bit yeah, i don't like i don't like his portrayal in advent children yeah but there's a lot of stuff about advent children i don't like but yeah yeah i don't but i, I don't just think that like all the i think the, the, even in that they did capture all the characters really really well except red 13 well yeah except for that one, one voice actor but but the way the character goes on is fine. Like Red Thirteen is actually fine in it. It's just the voice actor's not good. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, just how Barrett goes on, I just yeah, he's kind of he's sort of he's Mister T, right? He's like yeah, oh, that's yeah. what he's it absolutely... is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah, is, he's... and like in fairness, in the original, he he is bombastic, yeah. and he's comic relief for quite a lot of the game. Um, but all the cursing and everything. Yeah, yeah, but even like you know, he says dumb stuff, and he, he he's trying to be the leader, and they show many times that he's kind of incompetent as a leader, and the rest of the party end up saying maybe Cloud should lead us, and he's like, what? But I'm the leader, uh, you know. And even later on, there's another point where you get to choose another character as a leader, but you don't get to choose the the party you're trying to. Yeah. And he again puts his hand up to say I should be the leader, and they give it to Sid. <laughs> no. Yeah. And Sid doesn't even want to do it, but they give it to Sid because he's he's like a, he's been a captain and stuff. But like, yeah, it's just the one character that I think doesn't have um, as interesting as a, a a story arc as as everyone else in it. Um, uh, maybe I, well, actually, Yuffie. Yeah, is I actually I think Barrett has a great story arc. I think it's really good. I don't think he really changes. Like, I mean, he's got a really cool backstory, but I don't think as a, a great backstory. Yeah, there's a there's a scene but... towards the end of the game um so again i'll talk about it later but it's where barrett has a moment and you kind of realize 
he has come. He has come a Um But I could see why someone wouldn't like him either. I quite like him. I think he's a good character. Yeah, I just, um, yeah but everyone else in it, I think, is like Tifa's probably one of the coolest characters in it. Tifa's great. Um, I love Tifa. Vincent is probably my favorite. Vincent's hard not to like, isn't he? And you, you, yeah. when you get some of Vincent's backstory within the game as well, you you ha- you always have to wonder, you're like, why is he optional? Yeah, why is he optional? Yeah, and why can't character. sit not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to wonder. You're like, what the fuck? Um, it's, what do you think of the characters, Eric? I think they're the when you play like when you play other Final Fantasy games, it's uh, they're a pretty damn good set of characters because when you're playing 15 and you're like why am i stuck with these three guys and none of them are anything like the guys from seven or ten it's so when you play others seven's pretty fucking good for characters yeah well it's like it's a diverse cast and 13 it's very... is 13 and 12 aren't even that great i think 13 has better ones than 12 but even none of them are, as, are actually as good as seven yeah no well, no, I don't think so. Like, the, like I know cats. It's annoying as well. Yeah, like I know cats. It's annoying and he's stupid looking, but at least like he does have a plot mechanic. Like he is relatively important. And yeah, he but has he also to him. He as a character in your party represents a certain personality that's in the game. That, um, whether people like it or not, like as dark and as serious as the game is. There is a lot of silly, weird shit. Yeah, yeah. And Katsit absolutely that represents that aspect of the game. Like, there is a lot of silly, weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything in it is is top notch um, stuff. And we Nothing will silly. definitely talk about the silly, weird shit. <laughs> like, the game is fucking weird. <laughs> like, as cool as it all is, like, there is definitely some stuff that's like, okay, well now I'm reenacting. A play for everyone, and Cloud is do- <laughs> spinning around as a prince, and <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so yeah. But anyway, um, the music can't get better. <laughs> That's it. Job done. Moving on. Job done. Uh, Move like, on. Welcome to Quick Reviews, Eric. What's the cast like? Great. Better. Music. Excellent. <laughs> Move on. The fights pretty good. But like, again, it's another it's another example of where games should look at this when they're doing a score, where every time you go to a new location, it has its own theme music to yeah, tell well, you yeah, what well, kind I, of location this is. I think that's the, yeah, that's the beauty of the music in Final Fantasy VII is that the only way they could really tell you because there's no voice acting, the graphics yeah. are very limited. The only way they could give you a sense of the specific characters or the locations you're in is to tell it through its score. Now we do see that in other RPGs. We get that in the likes of Skyrim. Um or just the Elder Scrolls in general. And and uh, and obviously other Final Fantasy games. Um it's not as essential in every game, I would say. Um like cuz you're not trying to tell the same type of story. Yeah. Uh, so something like The Last of Us for example would have a very specific minimalist theme yeah. going through it so therefore yeah, yeah. it wouldn't make sense that every time you go to another location it would have a different mu- music score um whereas in this is incredibly important because you're you're traveling across a, a globe essentially so 
your the different locations you're going to go to is going to have a different uh, feel and they tell a true music so the music is like probably the the most important uh, aspect of storytelling in that game i think yeah well i mean like you're looking at it's so weird that like you go into this reactor at the start of the game you've got all these polygons and everything looks ridiculous and yet you have this dark foreboding music with bells and chimes and weird synthesizers and you absolutely just buy that this is a very serious game like you don't go this looks shit you just go you just buy into it absolutely that this is so serious and i think without that music you probably wouldn't um it's it's amazing that every piece of music or most of the music game becomes instantly iconic. Mm. Like and obviously they had a lot more to memory. work with because this is the first Final Fantasy to be on a CD. That's uh, right. In, yeah. in fact, multiple CDs. So they had a lot more room to you know expand not only graphics and cutscenes and like areas but also the sound and music they had a lot more yeah, space on yeah. those discs to actually explore higher quality music than they could have done in previous games and like nobuo amatsu is like he's like john williams of <laughs> video Japanese games world he, he, no but he just like because as well he's done it with other final fantasies like he just writes iconic music like just mm. every time like and it sets mood and it creates character. And yeah, you're right. Like the because there's no voice acting, depending on what the music is like at a certain point, will determine how you read the dialogue. Do you know? So if this, if the music is like loud and energetic, you might read the dialogue like fast and like in your head, maybe you're reading it loud or something. And then if it's like real quiet and dark, suddenly the characters are whispering or they're afraid or something. You know? Yeah. So like. Without that music, you're really not getting the mood of the story. Uh, he captures it so well. Yeah, I think that's probably a, another point to praise the game with is, like, even with... Uh, now, I'm not going to talk about the remake, but in the remake, like, demo even, if you play that... Yeah, yeah. Um, the way the characters, the actors deliver the lines in that uh, is exactly how I... am. Well, not exactly, but pretty much how I imagined they would be saying it. And you kind of have yes. to ask yourself, like, well, well, how is it that we all came to the same kind of, like, oh, at this moment they're being, like, friendly, or at that moment they're being kind of serious, and this moment they're being loud. And it's obviously true, not just the music, but because all the dialogue in it is done through text, if the text is kind of typing out on the screen really, really quickly, then they're kind of, like almost like cheerful and stuff and if it's coming out really slow it's like they're being really serious and if it's in yes. caps they're being really really loud but the music yeah. helps reinforce like the how they're saying it as well which is yeah phenomenal really it's like how how did they get come to that well it's so weird that just like you're saying like i remember watching advent children the movie sequel to this game um and go like I loved the way Cloud was portrayed in it, but I do remember like thinking, oh, I wish they'd. I hope when they do the when they're doing the remake that they go back to Cloud how he originally was because he's not like that in the start of Final Fantasy Seven, right? And it's so weird that like because all he does oh, it's just text talk and stuff, and it's so weird that having like after playing the demo of 
557 remake. I was like, oh, they got Cloud spot on. That's <laughs> it's like. Like who am I to say how he, how he said those lines? But I was like, they have him spot. That is exactly like that's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, like, he is not interested. <laughs> like I was so. That's exactly happy. how he said it in the original. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's his voice. Like <laughs> but I was so happy with how they portrayed Cloud. Like and the, yeah, they just it the music and the text and all that stuff helps capture the mood of the characters. Do you guys have a favorite piece of music from the game? This is difficult. Um, uh, we the battle we're, we're, team. We're the battle team. Mm-hmm. The main battle team or the boss, the boss team? one, boss team. The boss team. I because yeah. I actually prefer the main battle team to the boss team. Even though like the boss team does get you pumped up, but I think if I had to hear that as much as the battle team, I think I'd rather hear the battle team more. I mean, you could obviously say oh, yes. like one winged angel, but I think. Uh, as cool as it is, it's nowhere near as cool as the Advent Children version. No, yeah, and that's no. true. And, just, and like, I just there's... feel like the, the both the battle team and the boss battle team, hold are, up. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 really really good. Regardless. Yeah, yeah. Eric, have you got a favorite uh, piece of music? I was I was gonna say Cosmo Canyon. There's not spells. Like when you go in there, it's like I know exactly what this location is like. I I know what it yeah. looks like if it, if it was not polygons. I know that this is some Texas-looking Native American landscape. It's great. But did you know I, that Bugenhagen was not floating on a medicine ball? Because I didn't. <laughs> yeah. What is he doing? He's just—he's uh—he is floating, but his his, his legs his are legs crossed. crossed. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, so he just—I thought he, he was he, on he a ball. <laughs> I thought he was on a little ball as well. But I think I saw some artwork. Yeah, where his his legs are folded. Um. Why How does? does... Yeah. It's supposed to be like, uh, like kind of a, yo- you know, those like yoga poses kind of a like thing, and he's he just... has reached an inner chi kind of thing or something. Like that. <laughs> I'd be interested to see how to do it in a remake, but I can't wait to see, Bogenhagen and all these strange characters. I don't, even, I don't, I can't wait to hear how it's pronounced. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like it's funny to, you know, that's what all these voice acting things do now. Like we used to, Same like, with ca- remember... uh, is it cats it or Kate's it? You know, like or or Kate she. Some people say Kate she. Well, it could be because well, it's, it's Scottish, so it's Scottish. Yeah, it's yeah. whatever way the Scottish pronounce it, really. Well, I suppose it's, it's whatever it's way what... the creators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the Scottish people would have been the creators of the name. I'm so, no, but in this game, like you know, like they yeah, have, they've, they've definitely, you know, changed some pronunciations of things. Anyway, I I do. I always find it so interesting that with Final Fantasy, they they don't really they rarely ever use their own country to um. To fill their lore, they always go to Europe and Norse. Well, on a, on, a, on a side note, um, we'll go back to seven, but that's one of the interesting things about um, Final Fantasy X was he, uh, I can't remember who was the main writer behind it, but I, I remember reading about it. He was saying that um, he didn't want to do, like, typically a fantasy is, yes, as you said, Eric, it's kind of based on like European high fantasy or. Uh, Norse mythology and all, all this stuff, right? Much like the Disney stories and all these, like where all these or D and D, where all this fantasy stuff comes from. Um, and he wanted to specifically make a fantasy based purely on Asian culture, which is why. So it's like Final Fantasy X has a setting of like the Philippines and Indonesia and all these kind of islands. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it was specifically to say because he was trying to challenge. It, he was going, a fantasy does not have to be what people think it is. Um, and much like Seven, actually, 
they went a fantasy does not have to be a medieval setting like it doesn't yeah. to be a fantasy that like that's not its qualifying factor you know and those who actually did a real those who did a very good job at making it work those different um tropes like yeah, yeah. Yeah. going against going against the norm they actually made it work yeah i think so made very much so yeah what was your um, favorite music Oh, oh um, yeah, you said it. You said it, the battle team. No, it? I just said I prefer the battle. I, uh, the battle team is up there, but I think I I think probably the main team. To oh, be honest, okay. when you're on the world map and you're watching every time it comes up, uh, especially that that like it takes a little bit of a build up, but that main bit that comes in is kind of like yeah. violins or strings or whatever. Um, every time mm-hmm. I hear that and I'm walking around, I'm just like, ah, oh, I want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, in reality, probably not because it's a horrible place. But <laughs> oh, it's horrible, it's a horrible world. Messed up place. Everything, everything I, there wants to kill you. Yeah, but I think that piece of music, I it just, I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, but there's loads, loads of great music in it. It's unreal. Um, when it comes to gameplay, actually, of the original, um, I kind of okay. Yeah. That went weird. Yeah, no. It was, the screen on my computer went weird. Anyway, uh, the screen is trying to tell you to shut up. No, no. <laughs> um, the, I do think that the time base is better than no turn base is better than time base because I know the original is time based. Yeah, and I find sometimes you you could be yeah. there for like you could be there for like quite a while and the enemies have gotten like two or three attacks on you before you even get to have one. Well, I think turn base is a lot more fair. <laughs> what are you yeah, doing? Just like sitting there going, what, what will I do next? <laughs> yeah, no, what's happening is you're, you're, you're flicking through your really long items list later on in the game and you're going, where the fuck is that turbo either? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, I, I mean, I'm just waiting to to even use the turbo either. Like, you know, because obviously the time, your time bar, you have... Yeah. Yeah, it's... So when you're looking at the original game, you have the, the, the a blue box and as your character's name with the hp and mp and then you have this little time box and it's filling up and that's when you can do something in it and uh, when you can do anything but the enemies of course have the same thing and their one seems to always like fill faster or something like that than yours so they're able to get like multiple just depends attacks on the enemy. in on you i think it depends on the enemy because like it's, there's something to do with like and also um, you can always throw slow on them so you can to help yourself yeah man use the buffs and debuffs will you no all about tactics man you do have to be quick on your feet though playing this game. Like early on, it's quite it's quite a cakewalk. Yeah. But when it opens up, it's like you do. Some of the bosses will like mess you up, and some of the, even some of the regular just difficult enemies will mess you up if you don't think fast like, and grind like up. Walking and yourself. cactus. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Walking cactus just kills you with its needles. Stop calling it walking cactus. <laughs> I gotta describe it to the people who've never played the game. Oh right. Cactus. It looks like a walking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what uh, in terms of gameplay, actually, um, and then we can go into spoilers because we we have talked about quite a lot of the general stuff. But the um, the mini games, there's a few mini games in it, or there's a few parts in the game yeah. where the gameplay, the normal gameplay, is suspended and you're doing something else. Did any of them work for you? Well, I've always amazed. Do you like, remember them? Like. What were they thinking? Like, it's like, oh yeah, we've got this big ass game with all these mechanics in it. You know what else? This needs more games inside. Yeah, the game. yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's almost like a, a. They must have written this how like Family Guy is written or something, where they just have like a bunch of shit thrown into a hat and they just pull it out and gonna go, oh yeah, sure, look, we'll put a submarine game in there. 
<laughs> ah, yeah, we'll put a motorbike game in there. <laughs> we'll put a actually, squatting match in there. Sure, it'd be fine. It'd be great, man. I actually, I applaud them for doing it. Like, for adding even more stuff to what was already a very expansive game and for taking moments that... And some of them are like, the motorbike one, for example, is actually like a big story moment as yeah. well as a mini game. So, like... Cool, and it only so. happens once, so it's a little unique moment that you get that w- is memorable. Like everyone remembers that if they've played it, they remember that distinct moment yeah. of having a motorbike chase and a highway chase out of Midgar. Like it's, and then suddenly you're opened into the world. So it's like the end of your tutorial essentially is this cool little mini game. But, um, so as much as I applaud them for doing it, and some of them are really cool moments. Some of them, the controls are so clunky and so bad that it's just like, uh, I think the, the only one I, I, I hate really... the submarine one. Yeah, the submarine one wasn't great, but I think the one I hated the most was the like defending um, Fort Condor. Fort Condor. Oh, I man. really dislike that. Yeah, yeah um, I don't enjoy that at all. <laughs> I don't enjoy it at all. Um, just little, like strategy game. And actually, you get to a point because it, it go, when you play that Fort Condor yeah. sequence, it goes so slowly, like the enemies come up so slowly and your guys attack so slowly that I just, I remember the last time I played it, I went, I'm going to put one enemy down, let them die and let the enemies come up. Because if the enemies come up, your party just has to do one fight and if they win, you've won. And I was like, that is way more satisfying Yeah, yeah. than tr- trying to defend with these things that are even worse graphics than the polygons. Yes, it's weird. <laughs> like It is weird. They have these weird, like, I don't understand what they're supposed to be. I, I don't know whether they're little battle robots or something. <laughs> but, like, when you're talking to the guy before just, you send them out. They're just people, aren't they? They're I think so. He says, Condor. we've got the troops ready. You you tell us where to deploy them. So, they're supposed to be just regular troops. It's so weird that a bunch, it, like, this uh, this commander of this fort is like, oh, you random person, you'll be in command of us. Yeah, like, you tell why us. Why would he do <laughs> like, why, why me? Because it's a video game, that's why. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That happens in all games. Like you, you, you are the one. Um, yeah. But as well, the snowboarding one is another one that it goes on so long, and it's I I don't like it at all. I I quite like the snowboarding one. It's bizarre. It's like right, to get down this mountain. I don't I don't mind that there's a snowboarding sequence, but then there's these giant snowmen and these boulders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, And there's all these balloons. That well, it's basically hit, like a it's a remake of that um, game that used to be on uh, PC. Which one's that? Where you go, you're like skiing down a hill, and there's like um, giant snowballs that oh, roll yeah, out, yeah, and yeah. you have to avoid the trees. And then every now and then, there's like a yeti that runs out and eats you. But the thing <laughs> is, there's there's a timer on it, right? This is the weird thing about the snowboarding sequence. There's a timer on it. Yeah. And it's to let you know like how quickly you got through it all. Like, and yeah, every time you hit a tree, it takes about ten I seconds think if to you get go, going again. If you get down in a certain you time, can't you can't do get it again, though, don't you? Yeah, but you can't do it again. No, you can't, no. And in a game like this, <laughs> the only way to do it again is to replay the game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's a, good, it's a fair way into the game before you actually get the snowboard. It's on, it's on disc two. Um, yeah. So it's out of three discs. And the third disc is only the last dungeon. So it's really, a t- you know, the, two, the first two discs are like big chunks. It's, it's nuts. Did you like the mini games, Eric? Uh, I don't really remember like i don't really remember my experience when playing them okay. um i only remember chocobo racing in gold saucer oh yeah yeah i i kind of enjoyed that i i didn't think that was too bad yeah, it's um, okay actually yeah it's not too yeah, bad that, that one that one works okay and then of course the 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 main the main mini game of midgar 
you know the most important one out of all of them, which I'm sure we'll discuss. Uh, squatting. That one was, squatting. Uh, yeah, squatting. The squatting one. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that one, and that's a bit like. As when I was younger, I didn't really understand any of that because again, I probably wasn't <laughs> reading. Um, this is why it definitely this... shouldn't be seven plus. <laughs> no, 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 that that was a bit oh right over God. the head. Okay. That entire that entire section actually. The minute let's, you enter, let's that as a segue, right? We're going we're right. going to go into spoilers, right? But for the moment, again, I'm being very fair. For the moment, we're only doing spoilers for the Midgar section. Oh, okay. Okay, and then we will open it up even further. So if anyone has played the remake already, you are probably already familiar with that. Um, and if you've played even just some of the original, you've probably, like everyone, I think, has probably experienced Midgar at some point. So you might be okay for this section. Um, so yeah, on the section you're on, Eric, Wall Market. Which yeah, Wall Market. One of the more controversial uh, As As a child, I, I, did, I didn't get that bit at all. And I don't think any but, child would. Yeah, but so, I don't understand that when you're an adult going like, yeah, they definitely didn't. No one played that game to say it was sevens plus, because no, because that, I don't that, so. that bit's a bit, it's pretty rough. Like that, or um, they were just like, kids won't get it. It'll be just like a funny thing that the adults get, like a Pixar movie. Um, but yeah, but I think of a Pixar that's like that shit into a fucking Disney movie, or, <laughs> like for the adults. So I suppose, yeah, come to this place where there's brothels. <laughs> is it, if it sounds out of context, I suppose the, the scene we're talking about is um, Tifa, one of your party members, is in Don Corneo's mansion. He's like the Don of the slums. And she, as far as Claire and Eret are aware, she has been kind of taken hostage. So they're planning to go in and rescue. But the only way they can infiltrate and get in is... That they'll only let women in because Don Corneo is a misogynistic pig. So Aerith has no problem getting in. She just needs to get a fancy dress. But Claire, being a man, <laughs> has to dress up as a woman <laughs> to get into Don Corneo's mansion. And to do that involves doing a number of activities. So uh, getting the dress is just a case of getting an old man to sew it up for you. But to get a wig, <laughs> you have to go into a gym. <laughs> Full of these big buff men <laughs> and <laughs> and win a squatting competition so that big bro will pull the wig out of his ass <laughs> and give it to Cloud. And then the gym trainer, who's like this little woman, punches big bro with an uppercut. Uh, <laughs> you can then get further stuff by going into a place called the Honey Bee Inn, which is like a brothel. Yeah. And then stuff happens and it's not totally clear. <laughs> <laughs> but there's an insinuation that Cloud sleeps with some buff men. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> do what you gotta do when you gotta when you gotta get in when you gotta dress up as a girl. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird. It's it's what we're saying. Like there is some silly weird shit in this game. Um, yeah, it, and and it, then... it it that segment doesn't like capture the tone or the overall the no. plot of the game at all. But it is it's probably a big probably not Probably not what we should have started on when we started to talk about the story. <laughs> it's like an hour Come play Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my favorite that. game ever. You get a wig out of a man's ass. <laughs> no, like, yeah, let me clarify. That's not like my... That's not like one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> yeah, well, um, well, I think it's weird is that when I was younger, um, 
I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is these are the tasks I have to do. I have to dress up as a woman to get into this location. I have to infiltrate. That's what I gotta do. Uh, never, ever, ever really taught anything of it. I know, yeah. Neither, it's only neither, when you're uh, when you're older you kind of think, oh god, that's like, that seems kind of inappropriate. But as a as a young kid and we played it, it it actually wasn't. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Like there was no point when I was playing it and going, this is a bit odd. Even though I should have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, older looking back, or if I play it now, I go, this like w- this is a bizarre choice. Like, why did they put this in the game? It's so weird. Especially um, they're but it's supposed to be funny. Skills. It's comic relief, isn't it? Like, that's the idea. Yeah. Those However, are, yeah. it only works because they're polygons. Sure. Yeah. In a way, like, I think if they looked lifelike, I don't think, you, I just don't think you'd get away with all of that. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but like it it also yeah it has to be for comedic relief because cloud spends like the first like hour or something of the midgar section like slaying all kinds of robots and monsters with like more or less ease when you know how to play the game um so it makes no sense that he's like oh no there's a bunch of hoodlums in my way i better go squat for a wig rather than just like <laughs> slice them all up just to save tifa yeah no it is it's definitely played for laughs and there's even like this little like when you finally get into Don Cornell's mansion, there's this little comical piece of music that's playing. That's like the whole segment is as weird as it is. It's supposed at the time, I suppose it was supposed to be for laughs. Um, but it's a weird, weird scene. Uh, there's a big, big moment in it always stuck with me when I was younger um, in the Midgar section. Uh, and it shows how evil Shinra are and it kind of shit gets real. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of soon after the whole Don Corneo thing. So you you have your moment of let's do some lighthearted stuff and then shit gets serious. Um, so Shinra, Midgar is like this city with all these plates um, and below the plates are the slums and they drop one of the plates on top of the slums in an attempt to kill the, the, the heroes. Yeah. And then frame the heroes for doing it. Yeah. And so they kill... Like thousands, thousands, thousands of innocent people to just kill a couple of people, and it shows you how yeah. far they'll go and like and that lives mean nothing to them. What like did that scene ever impact you guys? Or I just thought it was just badass. Like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rad, man. You know, like if you really, really want to hate your villain, like that's that's the yeah. kind of shit. That's one way to do with them, You know, what I mean, yeah. it's it's James Bond level villainy. Yeah, you know what just I mean? pure it's not twisted. as it's not as camp though. No, <laughs> but it is like it's great. Like that that scene when the plate drops, um, and Cloud and Barrett and Tifa are like swinging out of there. Yeah. The the camera pans up to President Shinra with a cigar in his mouth, looking out the window, watching the disaster, and there's opera music playing in his office. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like this. Just another day in the office kind of shit. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, lovely, you know. And even afterwards, like, so one of the directors of Shinra, Reeve. Uh, talks about how they're going to try rebuild the slums, and President Shinra like says, "We're not. We're not going to. Yeah. Um, the people will trust us with our new plan, which is that they plan on building a whole new city eventually." Yeah. Um, but it's just it just goes to show like they like they have a total disregard for. Do anything that um, before. I think it always kind of just brushes over is the fact that the people that were living on the upper plate. Like, we always seem to kind of yeah, go, oh, no, true, yeah. the people in the slums were crushed. But, like, 
the the upper class as well. Killed too. They were killed yeah. during it as well. So feuding some yeah. of Shinra's own employees most, and everything. Yeah. I'll be dead. Just, yeah. But is most of the upper class are Shinra employees, aren't they? Because the Shinra building is massive. Such... Uh, there's definitely an insinuation that they are mostly Shinra employees because like Midgar is basically like a, a Shinra controlled city. Like so, even like the reactors need Shinra workers. The like yeah. there's soldiers. There's so much stuff that's literally just Shinra. So, so other than that, I suppose it's just shops and all that. Really, really reinforces just how much of a bastard they all are that they're like oh, even our own employees will just drop like yeah. the grand we'll just and get I, some new like, ones like I actually was sad when Biggs, Jesse and Wedge died even yeah. though they don't yeah. they don't talk to them much like it, I cared about them I was like fuck you guys those are my friends I, I, I'll fucking kill you <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hurt you so bad you're gonna wish I didn't hurt you so bad yeah I, I, <laughs> You just wait a second, and I'm gonna come over there. We're gonna hurt you. <laughs> um, but all of that stuff, the reason it works so well, um, and this is the other thing we're talking about in Midgar, um, it's all set up. Even Shinra doing that and showing off how evil Shinra are is mm. all set up for the game's main villain. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about. Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. He is in the, the most Midgar poetic segment. villain. <laughs> oh. In the Midgar segment. So, um, Ominously great. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what uh, he is. They set him up narratively so well. So unbelievably well. Um, so well. I, ca- I just can't even go into <laughs> well, there. There's a, that, yeah, there's a lot of said. intrigue. Like, I mean, they've, they've done it like, um, like a, almost like an Agatha Christie kind of crime thing. History? Yeah. You're, you're just like, you you get a, a hint of this chap and you want to know, know more about him. Yeah. And they keep bringing him up. So you get like a very early flashback. Um, Cloud and Tifa's kids. Cloud tells Tifa... You know, I'm going to be in Soldier. I'm going to be the best of the best, like Sephiroth. Right? Yeah. And then you meet President Shinra later on, and he's like, um, oh, you were in Soldier. Forgive me if I don't remember your name. I can't be expected to remember all of them unless you're another Sephiroth. And you just keep hearing Sephiroth's name popping up, but you don't know who he is. And you, you mm-hmm. look into even, like we had on PS1, you look in the booklet, right? And Back in the day when there was booklets. Back in the day. And there's little char- there's characters... Um, and their profile beside them and there's like a picture so you have Cloud and you have the main party so like you already know that as the game is going on you're like oh someday I'm going to meet him and I'm going to meet him and oh I wonder mm. when they're going to come into my party and there's one of Sephiroth but there's no picture Yeah, they just have a bio he's the only one without a picture so even in the booklet they're like you don't know what he looks like um, and his name just keeps cropping up and then yeah. you finally get to the Shinra building your party gets this kidnapped. Is... As far as you're concerned, the Shinra are the, are, the, are the bad guys all along. And then your cell door opens and you're following these trails of blood. It's another this... moment that's not Sevens Plus like. Yeah, and there's this ominous, creepy music and weird enemies that you hadn't seen before popping out. And then you find present Shinra with a sword in his back. Cloud, who's been all cool and collected all along, says it's Sephiroth and says, we need to get out of here now. This shit has just got real. This shit's hit the fan. 
pretty much. He goes like, we actually have to leave. And, he went, and Barrett's all talking about like Shinra, and Fred's like, forget Shinra. They're not important right now. It's like, like, and suddenly you're like, well, what has Cloud so spooked? Like, what the fuck is going on? What's the story? And like, your main villain is killed, or who you thought is killed, and suddenly you're launched into this world of Sephiroth. Mm. So we're going to go beyond Midgar. Further spoilers. Um, Further spoilers. So if you don't want to know anything that may happen in the remake series, uh, you might not want to listen. But if you're very familiar with the game, then welcome aboard. Um, ain't no getting real talk. This, ain't no getting off this train we're on. Um, so yeah, just continuing on from Sephiroth. Um, I suppose one of the other things they do really well with him is when you finally see him for the first time uh, in Cloud's flashback, mm. where he tells the story of uh, Nibelheim. Um, it's the first time you see him. You get into this battle with this huge dragon. It one shot oh, yeah, kills yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And through gameplay, yeah. they show you how powerful Sephiroth is. Yeah, that's really, yeah. really good way of doing it. Dragon out. And there's like this creepy heartbeat music. Yeah. You know, and you're like, holy shit, like, who is this guy? Like, you know, I've heard so much about him, and oh, fuck me, like, he just fucking, he fucking whooped that dragon, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking whooped it. <laughs> and then, like, as the flashback continues on, like, everything that you do, he not only, like, explains shit to you, but every time you're fighting someone, he's just like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Like, you don't even get a chance to attack. Yeah. And you're like, I'll just put my controller down then and, and watch and say, whoop! <laughs> 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 um, and then you know the music changes when he finally gets twisted he goes crazy fucking burns Nibelheim down uh, shit got real you realise what you're up against you're trying to go uh, sorry now I've gone on for a while but just all these things are just <laughs> they're setting up Sephiroth and then this right? happens and, and then, then that happens oh, welcome to my summary no but <laughs> when you get to uh, the marshes you're trying to get through and there's the giant fucking snake this is the last thing I'm going to say on him right Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, like, in fairness, the first time, you try it yourself, don't you? Like, you go, ah, fuck the chocobo. I'm going to try. I'm just going to try run across. I don't want to try catch chocobo. Yeah. You fight the fucking snake, and it it kicks the shit out of you. Like, yeah. you you not stand a chance. And even you go, maybe I'll grind for a bit and come back. Nah, it has a move where it, like, picks up one of your party members, throws them away. Gone. <laughs> you got? And you're like, ah, well, shit. <laughs> less, <laughs> less people, I guess. <laughs> um... So eventually, you get your chocobo, you get through the marshes, and on the other side, the snake is now impaled on a tree. This enemy that you could not fight is impaled on a fucking tree. There's blood <laughs> pouring down. There's lightning in the background. And they're like, did Sephiroth do this? Yeah. And that's what you're up against for the yeah. rest of the game. I felt that, like, I don't know what went through Sephiroth's head, though. Like, everything else, he just kind of slashed with a sword. But for this, serp- this one serpent, he was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to put him on a tree. I'm going to sharpen that yeah, tree like, and just impale him on it for yeah, the crack. Was, was That's like, what's great about like, that imagery like, is like your your imagination runs wild then. Yeah. Of like, how, yeah. Did, how did he do it? And depending on who's with you, they all say different things. So like, I I, remember, I, I nearly always have Red 13 with me. Um, who's one of the best characters in the game. But mm. uh, like, if you go over and talk to him, he he's like, this is a power we should respect. He's like, this is like beyond our control. Like, yeah. Um, well, Sephiroth is definitely up there with Darth Vader and Sauron as one of the like greatest villains in like pop culture on screen, any medium. Yeah, yeah. 
I think so. Particularly in how he's portrayed in the original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that slow narrative build-up. Um, that, again, is another weird thing where when you're, like, you're reading the text, and obviously there's no voice, but when you do see him in, in the film, Adventure, you're like, oh, that's exactly what he's, th- that's, that's what, what he sounds like. What are you doing? Like. Sephiroth's just he like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, that's, fuck, that's, that's exactly how I read his voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. But he, um, how did they do that again in my mind? Um, is there, have you a favorite Sephiroth moment? Uh, anytime he talks, he's just a poetic <laughs> and that, bastard. And that, like. and that creepy music comes on. I love yeah. his music. Yeah. His I think, no, I think, so good. I do have a favorite moment. It's the, it's the burning of Nibelheim. Like yeah, that cutscene. I mean, it's so iconic. Like they they use it as like if you look at wallpapers for him, or um, even in the remake, they use a lot of him surrounded by fire to kind of show his presence. Yeah, and like there is a slight kind of um, just kind of like a Christian metaphor wrapped around Sephiroth in that like. It, it, the theme one-winged angel is often attached to him. There's this notion that he was once a hero. He was like this angelic figure. He was like yeah. a messianic savior as such that people mm-hmm. looked up to. And then he falls from grace and suddenly you see him and he's surrounded by fire. So he's like gone to the depths of hell. He's become the devil. He's like fallen from the heavens. You know, it's just really cool visuals. I always like, I always find that when I'm listening to his music as well, I'd almost imagine if, if the devil decided to walk to earth, like that's, that could be music he would use. Yeah. yeah. That's a very interesting um, <laughs> imagery choice as well, just to give him one wing. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah. He never had it in the game, though. That's all that added. Yeah, to he it. has like six, which again actually it's is. It's really weird. Quite... Yeah. When you hear the song One Winged Angel, he's got like loads of fucking wings. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, he does. He just has one. Um, in the last fight doesn't he yeah well no, no not the last fight but among the last fights it's like it's actually he... his arm itself is like a, a kind of a wing oh right yeah, oh. yeah yeah and then his he has all these white wings underneath him then yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's right um but that's like he has like he does have like six wings for that fight doesn't he which is kind of quite iconic of like the, the catholic mythos of the seraphim order which had six wings oh i, I don't know but sure yeah, 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 it would be like so. It's down by his feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, uh, like character. we've 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 mentioned the the Sephiroth in fire image is one of the more famous mm. Final Fantasy. Oh Jesus! Uh, sorry, hit the table there. I reckon the mic probably shook, but the uh, it's one of the more famous Final Fantasy seven images. But another one, and probably the most iconic scene in the entire game. That I feel we we have to we have to talk about it. Is Eret's death scene? Oh. The end of oh. disc one. Yeah. Oh. Um, what you guys make of it, or what you think of it? How did Cloud stand there when Eret sank to the bottom? What the fuck did Cloud stand on? <laughs> 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 this has been brought up many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and does he does does he sw- when you go back there? Does he? Does he swim down to the bottom to get the holy material, or does he? Does the flow to the top? No, 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 no. No, he does not go to get the holy material. No, that's done. That's done. Yeah. She she summoned holy. Yeah. Just before she died. That's why she yeah she was praying at that moment, essentially. Yeah. 
and she was kind of off guard, and that's how she got stabbed. Oh, I thought she was just more waiting for. Her. Okay, I really didn't understand that scene. Yeah, no, <laughs> she she successfully like you don't find it till later. She successfully summons Holy, which is the only magic that can stop Meteor, which is the thing that yeah. Sephiroth has summoned to destroy the planet. But um, the thing is because Sephiroth. <laughs> big spoilers like i'm sure hopefully you've played the game at this point or you won't understand what the fuck i'm talking about because sephiroth is with his conscience is within the live stream of the planet mm. <laughs> and he is manipulating the planet he's not yeah. letting holy out and so they realize the only way to actually release holy and save the planet from meteor is we have to kill sephiroth yeah so it becomes the thing of the final battle is not about let's take revenge and kill sephiroth like killing sephiroth will genuinely save the world it becomes like just very fast yeah so fucking cool he's he's like, <laughs> i didn't know that yeah Sef so sephra has become like a virus in the planet yeah and he's like manipulating all these different people with just his mind badass it is yeah it's pretty unreal uh i love he it is much um, planetary virus my favorite thing about um what they do at Earth's death apart from just the way they set it up like they have like mm. cloud comes up and no matter what button you push, it makes Cloud take out his sword. Mm -hmm. And then you push another button and he raises his sword. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, stop. <laughs> stop doing that. I don't want you to do that. What the fuck are you doing? Because Cloud has been like losing his mind a couple of times and like been out of your control. And then like you push another button, he's about to do it. And like the party all go, Cloud, stop. You know? And he realizes what he's doing. And you have a cutscene for a moment where he just looks at her and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then because you didn't do it, Sephiroth just jumps in and kills her. Yeah. And right. heartbeat, and then her music happens, and it's just so good. It's it, and it's really, you you don't expect it, as well. It's so like, out no of way. nowhere as well. Well, I mean, she's set up to be kind of, um, like I know it can be between her and Tifa, but quite early on, like the game kind of does lean towards, like she's sort of set up to be the love interest. Yeah, and also to be. Uh, one of the main heroes of your party like even though you can choose which party members to use like story-wise earth is one of the kind of main characters of the game mm. and so to have her taken from you and you're like you could be like i spent a long time leveling like you know i, <laughs> I yeah, 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 yeah. for her and the game has just taken her away from me one shots everything i wonder like when they put her in the pond did they like take her materia off her before it's like whoa, whoa, whoa wait 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 just before you yeah, check, her pocket, you check her pockets check her pockets come on guys come on she don't look i'm not being insensitive i'm just being practical here <laughs> <laughs> she's got look look she's got a fucking steel material she don't need that come on <laughs> we need that shit um but uh yeah just and then and then after she dies and you have to fight jenova they use Eret's music as the battle team. Mm. It's just yeah. it's amazing. Badass. It's amazing. And like you can just hear like it's really quiet music and you can just hear the sounds of your sword over this little beautiful music. And you're probably like if it was your first time like you're probably crying your eyes out. Fuck you, While trying to do a fight like where Genova could kill you. It sucks though if you get a few game overs and you keep having to watch the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the like, game definitely, you know, well, just that, um, I suppose, 
era of games was terrible for checkpoints. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, that's true. And just the the saving mechanic in that game was not great. <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah, you have to save, save points. points. Yeah. yeah, to save. Or even any, after anywhere in the open world as well. Do you know the way? Like you had a lot of like save slots as well. Yeah. Like it made sense to actually use a few of those. So you were like, oh, like I I am not leveled high enough for this. So I need to go back to one of my other save slots when I was in a place where I could grind and come yeah. back to this shit. Because like I am not, there's nowhere to grind here and I'm fucked. You know. Yeah. Like that could happen, but like if you didn't know to do that, you've just like fucked the game over for yourself. And you're like, ah, oh, well, I better do all of this again. <laughs> <laughs> That's even so, more torture than having to restart Elder Scrolls just because your character looks like a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, we won't look. We won't be able to talk about every single uh, story aspect of the game or anything like that. I just those no, moments are quite. Want to? Iconic. Oh, I'd love to. I could talk I'm about sure we'll revisit this game. But um, in general, because we can talk in detail about any of it now, we've opened it up to the spoilers. Um, have you a favorite part of the game? Hmm. Hmm. Dio. No, actually. Flying saucer. Big butch can <laughs> fucker. Going out of his song. <laughs> Just another ridiculous sequence. Saucer. <laughs> the golden saucer. Um, no, um, seriously. Have you got like a favorite? Any real moment where you actually get to find out about people's backstories really yeah like I, it's again probably the nibelheim section for me yeah you got a great moment like, iconic. just you're because yeah you you left midgar you want to find out more about sephiroth and that is the moment where you find out about him yeah the canon sequence actually it's really not like um at the end of the game when one of the weapons oh they take the towards... canon bring it to midgar that one well, no, the, the first time they use the cannon, though. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It's a great sequence. Oh, yeah, and you have the... And then you, when you escape as Tifa, you have the slap bitch fight with Scarlet. On yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> That's going to be so fucking cool in the remake. Yeah, yeah. I saw someone... Um, someone did a video where they took that scene and they edited in, like, the battle music from Final Fantasy thirteen, <laughs> And it goes so well, and it's like... Da, 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 they're slapping each other. It's so fucking funny. It's well worth looking up. Um... But I think, I think my favorite scene in the enti- in the entire game is um, the the plot twist, when the plot twist is revealed. Cloud's backstory, his actual. Backstory. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when that happens, and the moment it happens, and you realize how fucking clever this game is, and that they played with the visuals, and they played with the fact that you're like, I just thought that was a random NPC. Yeah. Holy shit! And when you go, if you go back and play it, knowing that. The scenes actually have a different, like, you have a different understanding of the scenes. Like, mm. you're actually, it's, oh, my God, it's so cool. <laughs> there's, actually, there's actually a video on YouTube that I would recommend people to watch, if they, only if they know the twist, because it's, I don't, don't ruin it on yourself. Um, it's by a guy called Resonant Arc. Um, I think there's two guys in it. But they, um, 
they do all these like video essays and stuff and they're done really well but one they do a video called the the magic of final fantasy 7's plot twists and they set it up and they they actually compare it to a movie called the prestige right mm. and to magic tricks in general and they said there's there's three acts to a great magic trick and if you don't set up the trick you will have no payoff and they use other like films as an example where it doesn't work for example now you see me another movie about magic where the plot twist happens and it means nothing to you because they didn't set it up at all and they didn't earn it. Yeah. Whereas if you set up a plot twist perfectly where you didn't see it coming, but when it happens, there is no other explanation. You are like, that is so good. Uh, it's a video well worth watching. Uh, not even just for Five Fantasy Seven's plot twist and how well it's set up, but just for plot twists in general and how important they are in narratives. But uh, that moment gets me every time. It's just, it's one of the best plot twists in a video game. It's so good. Um, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Enough said. Sure. I won't Enough say said. what it is actually. But I do love yeah. like I mean that Final Fantasy Seven is just full of that kind of stuff, right? Where it's like, um, again the way the game opens up, the what you're there to achieve is kind of insignificant, but also plays a major role in the greater scheme of things. Um, but just the cover art alone, like this meteorite, yeah, you yeah. go through so much of that game and the cover has no significance to you. And then it's revealed as to like that becomes like a major point in, in what you're trying to stop. And now the cover yeah. art makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't really recall another Final Fantasy that has that moment for me. You know, when you're yeah, looking they don't at the always, cover art. They don't always use, like, the right thing for their cover, I don't think. Um, it, like, some of them some of them do, but... Tens, tens is very good, I think. Tens is good. Tens yeah. is okay. It could have been better. <laughs> it's, a ni- it's a nice artwork. Like, it, it's... Again, nice it artwork, me- and it does fit in with the, the whole story and point of the, the game. Yeah, like, yeah. the artwork for that means nothing until you play it. Yeah, and you see that that scene, and you realize the significance now of the artwork. Same with the meteor. Like, and you hear nothing about a meteor until, and then when it comes in, and you realize, Jesus, this is. Yeah, but unlike um, unlike seven, like ten, it, you you're still very clear that that's Yuna on the cover. So yeah. even without playing the game, yeah. you're yeah. you still have a good sense that this is one of the characters. That meteor is like what. <laughs> What does this got to do anything? <laughs> and yet, when the title comes up and it just like the meteor flies in, and yeah, then yeah. the title, and it's just so, ah oh, man, ah, uh, I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not only my favorite game of all time; it's actually my favorite piece of fiction, like ever. Madness. I just absolutely adore it, and it's just Crazy because talk. the way it's told, like the way they set up the narrative, the way it's told. Do you guys even remember, like, um? Barrett's backstory, yeah. and then when he when he meets his friend Dine, who's like Marlene's actual biological dad. father, yeah. and he wants to, he, he actually says, he's like, "I want to find Marlene so I can kill her and take her home to her mother." Yeah, he that he wants to kill himself <laughs> as well, and you're like, "This is fucked up. This is so twisted." And like even Barrett says that, he was like, "Man, you fucked up." <laughs> That's exactly how that. he said it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I love that they. Like, there's loads of cursing in it, but it's all censored. But, like, yeah. you can read it, you know? Yeah. 
Like there's when you go into the Shinra building and you see the like Genova is in this tub, and Cloud Caesar freaks out and he was like, "Oh my god, are you okay? Is it, they brought it here?" And Barrett's like, "What's going on?" And he goes out and I'm like, "Where's his fucking head?" He's <laughs> 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 like. And then later on, like when they're talking about that Genova broke out of the building or whatever, Barrett again goes, "You mean that fucking headless spook from the Shinner building?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just great. He has a great way of looking at things. But anyway, what? Yeah, what I was saying about Barrett, he has a great arc. Uh, now that I can talk about it, <laughs> Go on, because man. when they're on the high wind at the end, he actually says, um, he starts criticizing Katsit for betraying them. Yeah. And then Katsit, because Katsit is actually controlled by Reeve from Shinra um, and Katsit says back to Barrett um, you killed lots of innocent people to do what you had to do and like they have like a bit of a row about it and later on then Barrett says I, I know what I did was wrong and maybe if I didn't do it Jesse Biggs and Wedge would still be alive and all this like he acknowledges and he owns up to sort of his past sins yeah I just I thought that worked really well. Like through his journey, he is he becomes less and less like at the start he's really angry and really bitter, and purely about vengeance. Towards the end, he's kind of a changed man and realizes, you know what, I need to do this for Marlene. I need to save the planet for Marlene and not for my own vengeance, not for my own. Yeah, no, like all that works. I just think in comparison to every other character in the game, like he doesn't really have much of a journey. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, everyone else's is, like, even their backstories. Like, it, it, I find Barrett's backstory is not really his, it's Marlene's. In a way, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. A, it's a much more interesting story for her. He's just kind of her guardian now. I like the idea that Marlene is so young and innocent that she doesn't even, like, she doesn't for a second think Barrett's not her father. Even though there's yeah, yeah. a very obvious... Um, yeah, like, she doesn't have a gun lack in her hand. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? There's an obvious, yeah, yeah lack of resemblance. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, where's my gun? You'll get one one day, honey. <laughs> when you're big and strong. Eat your greens. Yeah, yeah eat, eat your greens. Eat your... Your... But it's mad that I think one of the most, like, important story arcs is missable, and that's the Lucretia one. Yeah, and Vincent, yeah. Vincent in general. Yeah, just Vincent altogether. Like, <laughs> he's like, such a cool Well, character. actually, I, I, I find it weird that both Vincent and Yuffie are missable. Like, I know Vincent is more important than Yuffie. Yeah. Um, but Yuffie is your doorway to Wutai and to finding out about... Like, Wutai had this big war with Shinra. So the two of them are very important characters in the lore. Yeah, and I really hope that in the next few chapters of the remake that they're not missable, that they make them... They mean. absolutely won't be missable. Yeah. There's not a hope. Like, they just won't be. Because they just won't be right. in it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> just... you... No time. Because imagine someone, though, who, who, like, let's say played the original, right? Never got Yuffie and, Yuffie and Vincent, right? Played the whole game, never got them. Saw there was a movie of an adventure, went, oh, class, watched that, and then saw Yuffie and Vincent. That person would have been so fucking confused. Like, yeah, who the fuck are these two? A uh, quick Google search, I think, would solve go, all their problems. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing as well, isn't it? I suppose, like, that's, that's another thing for, like, the remake series. I suppose anyone can just Google what's going to happen if they're too impatient. You know, also, they could just go I, and look up what's going to happen. I wonder the if, if they're going to have phones in the, um, like, you know, the whole, like, like, PHS system? 
Yeah, yeah. And like, if they do have that, is Vincent going to have a phone, or like, are you going to have to like use a carrier he, pigeon? No, he'll have to. They all they'll have to have that. But I don't know if they're going to do it in the remake. But if they do that system, everyone will have to have one because that's just how they're swapped out. That, be, I don't think, I don't know if they'll do that though because then what's like like if you're on like a big open map in a realistic setting you're gonna have like a character run in and another character run away like yeah no I think they're gonna yeah, all, yeah. they're either <laughs> all gonna be with you or they're just going to select the characters that you're gonna have at that moment yeah like they this I think the narrative will decide for you when who's with you and when and yeah. like split up the party that way mm. probably I don't know I don't know. I don't want to speculate about the remake. Neither do I. You just want it. I just want to play it. Um, is there anything, before we finish up, is there anything on the original Final Fantasy VII that you know you really don't like or something that really stood out, something that you dislike about the game? The not clear direction of where I'm supposed to go. That was that was quite irritable when playing the original. Yeah, there is this kind of... Just, weird lack of direction in that um like the yeah. there's a point where the plot or the objective is literally just just go to the next town and activate something yeah like mm-hmm. I it's I not even to... clear why you're going there yeah i just go to random i just go to random places random things happen i kept doing things in like different orders and stuff i had like i kept i went to like the golden saucer like five times and i was like am i supposed to be here where am i supposed to go what is going on <laughs> and why did Sephiroth to... come to a theme park <laughs> yes <laughs> i would no one notice <laughs> yeah no yeah yeah I, I would i would kind of agree with that in that they don't kind of clarify what exactly the aim of the party is other than to explore the world look for Sephiroth, which essentially yeah. is what it is like they're just going town to town looking for, for Sephiroth. but what it means is that some of the party members end up joining you and like when Katz had joined you, it is actually bullshit. Like he, he, there's no like he just says, "Well, I'm coming with you," and they just they <laughs> okay, just let him. yeah, they just let him. Like so, it's like yeah, anyone can come. Like this is a really dangerous operation they're on, I suppose. And like some of the other characters have earned their right to be there. Like I love that Red Thirteen says, "I will travel with you as far as Cosmo Canyon," but yeah. that's it. So he's like, he's like, I'll travel with you until I get home. But I, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm just going home. I'm not actually in on this. And then when he's at Cosmo Canyon, he has like this revelation and this moment, um, uh, like sort of an awakening when he learns what happened to his father, hmm. and it changes him. And he goes, "Okay, I, I will come with you." And it's, it's just a really great, it's a great character moment. Yeah. yeah. I can't think Is of anything, anything that really. In- Annoys me. Uh, hmm. Oh yeah, actually, this is kind of an annoyance with Final Fantasy games in general. Actually, um, okay, yeah. It's generally the last f- few fights always annoy me because right. you, you know, the you you struggle to defeat said person. Yeah, and then. Oh wait, they've got a n- new, more powerful mode. But before them, you're also fighting something else, right? Yeah. And yeah. you don't have a moment to kind of get your shit together. You yeah, know, like you I need remember... to make sure that you're you're well equipped, and it doesn't tell you. You know, and if you're down there, you're down there. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna sound a bit lame now, but like, I as much as I love Final Fantasy X, and I've seen the ending, but only because I looked it up. 
I have never gotten past Unaleska. I cannot oh, really? beat her. I can't beat her for the life of me. I keep trying. And then as soon as you get there, like if you haven't got extra saves and stuff, like, because there's a boss fight just before her, which is tricky enough. Yeah, yeah. And to survive that means using a lot of your overdrives or your summons. And then once you've done that, there's no space in between to build them up again or to start grinding again. Yeah. And then you're straight into Unaleska and she's three stages. And like, I always get her to the third stage and then she fucks me up. Ah, so hard. But so I get what you're saying. Like, later on in Final Fantasy games, you do come across these sections where it's like, if you didn't grind it earlier, um, and there's no, there's often not an indication. Like, in the earlier games, they don't indicate to you that you should get ready because yeah. this shit's about to go down and there's no turning back. Like, there they, should, did, it, they like, did it with 15. If, if it was, let you know. yeah, if it was made today, I think what they would do is say, like, um, kind of i'm trying to think if there's another game that does it where it's like here's your objective here's the requirements you need to to be even nearly ready to complete that objective yeah i'd imagine it would say things like oh beat ultimate weapon (laughs) things like that like you have to do these things there's a checklist of things you have to do in order to prepare yourself and it makes a good objective as well for the, the party because you're kind of thinking, why would they do all the side quest stuff, right? If this is the big threat, they need to go solve this. Well, for the party's sake, it would be, well, if we don't do this, we're not prepared. If we can't take out these weapons, how could we possibly take out Sephiroth? Yeah, yeah. it's a good point. So, so it, would, the... it would make like a, a, a good reason for, for why they're doing those things. Yeah. And they get yeah, sh- yeah. fucking badass gear as well. <laughs> they do, yeah. But as well, yeah, and like the only... I, I, I would agree with maybe both those points. Like, they're the only kind of annoying. And, and just some of the mini games, like just how clunky they are. Um, those are kind of the only things I dislike about the game. Sometimes there's like a lack of direction or point in what you're doing, or it seems like there is. Yeah. And then there's also just some of the. Like, I appreciate that they put in the mini games, but some of the. They don't, just don't play well. Like, the submarine drove me crazy. And you have, <laughs> to do, you have to do it at one point, and you're like, I just want this to be over. Like, I just want to fucking kill the thing and, and get out of here so I can do the stuff I enjoy again. Yeah. Um, but all, other than that, I just. The game is a masterpiece. Like, iconic masterpiece. And I think it's well worth playing if you're into video games. I, I, would, rec- I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Just try it. I know it's hard. You'll see the polygons. You'll go, oh, this looks shit. Try it. Just try it. Well, I, I think it's, it's a lot easier to in. get into now, though, with, you know, the, the console console versions, PC version, and phone versions. Yeah, even just for the narrative, because you can do, yeah, like the new version you can get, you can, like, max up your characters, or you can use, like, cheat. They have these, like, built-in cheats that if you're not into the gameplay, if, you, if that's not for you, you can, like turn off random encounters and you can give yourself max stats yeah. so that you can one hit kill every enemy and you can just rush through the narrative if you just want experience because the narrative is like the, the, the heart of the game really and it's done so well Yeah. Um, but yeah those are our kind of general thoughts on the original Final Fantasy 7 um, I will say it's, it's kind of weird if you watch Advent Children the movie um it kind of spoils the ending of the game, in a way. It does, yeah. Because the game Not kind of it just does. Yeah, the game ends on this cliffhanger. Oh, and then... oh, did they survive? Kind of thing. 
yeah, the original game ends in such a way that, and and by the end of it, it becomes very clear that Red Thirteen survived. Yeah, and but so I think has, you, I think and so has the, the planet. Yeah, I think you can make the assumption that they all did then. Well, yeah, well, I just it's it's a very impactful, powerful ending, especially because at the very last shot, you get a quick glimpse of Earth again, and then it just goes back to the music from the start. Mm. And it's a really good ending, and then actually, the Red Thirteen is like an end credit scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Advent Children like straight away says like, no, all humans survived that. Um, but either way, yeah, it, if you enjoy the lore, it's it's a good watch. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that concludes our talk for this episode. Uh, because we discussed my favorite game, um, naturally, progressive wise, I think we we should talk about your favorites uh, in the next follow up episodes. Okay. Um, so we won't say what they are yet, but in the next episode, either Eric or Adam uh, will introduce their favorite game. And we will all discuss that in great detail. Um, and that'll be kind of our next topic for the next few episodes until we move on to other things. So um, thank you all for listening. Um, if you have played Final Fantasy VII, please let us know your thoughts on it. Please let us know your um, favorite moments or things you didn't like, any kind of feedback at all. Uh, if there's For the future, if there's games you'd like us to go into great discussion about, let us know that too. Um, and then also, if you have played the remake, without doing any spoilers, just let us know kind of your your thoughts on the remake. We've all been playing it. We will talk about it in the future, but we'd love to hear how the world is receiving it. <laughs> mm. um, and that concludes this episode. Thank you, everyone. Right, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.